Welcome to Stacey on the Right, the podcast. And uh, want to make sure that you are subscribed to our newsletter that you can sign up for over at familyvisionmedia.org. And checking out Stacy on the Right show in content that we have on StacyOnTheRight.com. Uh, so right now it's time to get to our guest. And this is a total get for me here on the program. Um, someone whose books I've read, someone, someone who has really, he's on Fox News, he's on Fox Business, he's on all of the shows. He has his own radio program and he does all of the cool things. It's Eric Metaxas. He is a prolific author, thought leader in our country, and honestly, one of the most gifted storytellers I've ever had the pleasure of reading their work. So, Eric, thank you for coming on the show. Well, you are very kind, Stacey. Thank you so much. I'm Honestly, when people say they've read my books and enjoyed my books, that's the greatest thing because I write my books because I find things, I get very excited about them, and then I want everyone to know. And especially if we're talking about America, you probably know I wrote a book called If You Can Keep It. And I am just, you know, half crazy wanting every American to understand this because when I finally got the concept of what freedom is and how it works, you sort of think you're going crazy. You think, how have I not understood this for my whole life? It's so central. It's why the country is going down the tubes because most Americans don't really understand this anymore. And I, anytime I get an opportunity to talk about it, to talk about why it's beautiful to be patriotic, I'm thrilled. So thank you very much. Well, so speaking of, I, I have that book. I have a ton of your books. I have that book. And my pastor read that book and talked about it from the pulpit and told everyone in the congregation we had to read it. I got a copy from oh. your publicist, actually, uh, in the mail. And so I was like, yeah. oh, I have that book. But I recently, so I've had the book Miracles for years, but I hadn't actually read it. So I read Seven Men, Seven More Men, Seven Women, and I am anxiously awaiting Seven More Women. And I mean, I was yep. crying in Seven Women, like bawling, like audibly sobbing in, in that book a couple of times for some of the stories because they're shorter, oh but gosh. they're so deep. The, the storytelling and of these real life women and what they actually accomplished and their single minded dedication to whatever their cause was, whatever they were called to do. It's yeah. very inspiring, especially in today's America. But Miracles, which I that's the most recent book of yours that I've read. Um, I actually, I thought so much of it. I said, we have to have this for book club. So we did seven women for book club and I'm still trying to get, convince them that we should do miracles for book club in the fall when we reconvene. Uh -huh. But you know, we could talk about books all day. I honestly probably could do a long ranging three part, you know, 45 minutes at a time interview with you where I pick your brain about every single book that I've read that you've written and I haven't read them all, but I want to make sure we cover the uh, the conference that's coming up because that is also yeah. important. It's an opportunity for people to hear you in person and to, you know, kind of interact with you in that way. So tell us when is the conference and what, what will you be talking about? Well, it's in Orlando uh, on June. What is it? 18th, 19th, I think. Um, I mean, at this point, uh, and, and I'd love to talk to you anytime about any of my books, but right now, um, what we're talking about ultimately is America. What is America? Why is it special? What do we do to continue to be free, to keep the republic in the words of uh, the great Benjamin Franklin? You know, uh, he was walking out. I mean, the, the title of my book, if you can keep it, this is what I'll be talking about at this, the Faith and Freedom Coalition, is that, uh, and it's in Orlando. So, but, but uh, everywhere I go, practically, I'm talking about this. And it's the idea that when Ben Franklin 
left the Constitutional Convention 1787, and all the details are in my book because I, even when I was writing it, I realized I don't remember this, or I, I, I guess we covered this, but I forgot. And when you begin to understand how it works, it, it sort of fit, it, 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 it's, it flows logically. You begin to understand, okay, we in this country had tried to do something that had never been done in the history of the world. So what my big point, first of all, is always we have no clue how crazy the idea of liberty is. No one in the history of the world ever had pulled it off. We kind of act like it's normal. It is not normal. It is, it is insane that we figured out, by the grace of God, how to govern ourselves and that the founders were willing to take a chance to do this. It, it really was not normal. It had never been done. And we need to really understand how crazy it is that people, for the first time in history, thought we can govern ourselves, we will be free, we can pull it off. Why did they think they could pull it off? And so Franklin is leaving the Constitutional Convention. He's the oldest member. And you have uh, a woman, Mrs. Powell of Philadelphia, says, what have you given us, Dr. Franklin, a monarchy or a republic? And I always thought that's funny. Like, is she joking? A monarchy? Really? But I think what happened was, you know, they, they defeat King George and they're, they're their own country, but it's not really working well. 1783, everything's over, but then the next four years before the Constitutional Convention, it's like they really hadn't figured out how to have a federal government that's just strong enough to get taxes and what, you know, they hadn't really figured it out. So Franklin and the rest of them knew that when they went into the Constitutional Convention, they might not be able to pull it off. It might be that it's just not going to work and they need to have some kind of a limited monarchy or something. So this woman asks him, would have you given us a monarchy or a republic? And she was serious. And Franklin says, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. And this is off the cuff. This was recorded by somebody who happened to be standing by and he wrote in his diary, if you can keep it. And so I looked into this and I thought, okay, Franklin understood that the Constitution is utterly worthless if the people don't understand it and live it out. It's just a piece of paper. It can't do anything. We have to understand how our freedoms work, how the government works, and we have to do it ourselves. In other words, it's not something that is done by the government. We are the government. So it's kind of a complex paradox. And when Franklin says that, he doesn't know if it's going to work. He dies a few years later. He has no idea if we are going to be able to be the first people in the history of the world to be free, to have real liberty, and, and when you really revisit this, it is just intoxicating to think that he and the founders were, they had this idea that we might be able to do what had never been done before. We might be able to be free and self-governing in a way that had never been done before. And at the heart of it is what we call virtue and faith. And nobody talks about this today, and it's why things are going to hell at the speed of light, because mm -hmm. you cannot have freedom without a people who are virtuous, many of whom are people of robust faith. If you have that, people answer to a higher authority, and they do what is right because they just believe it's right, not because the government is forcing them. I mean, that's the short version. But honestly, these are ideas that are so central. It, it's kind of like if you're in a civilization that's forgotten what math is, and you're wondering why are the bridges falling down and everything's going to hell, and you rediscover math. And <laughs> you say, you know what? Everybody needs to understand this, and it will solve our problems. We've forgotten we just didn't think it was worth bothering with anymore. We forgot about it. And as you know, and most of the 
people listening know, for the last 50 or so years in America, we don't talk about faith in the culture. We don't talk about uh, patriotism. Now, again, those of us who love the country, we do talk about these things, but there are a lot of people, the cultural elites, they've kind of acted as though we can kind of be just fine without faith. We never talk about virtue in public schools. We don't talk about virtue. We don't talk about this stuff. This is at the heart of everything. And so if we are going to come back from the abyss into which we've been pushed, uh, we really need to understand this stuff. And it's not complicated, but we need to revisit these basics. And I, the reason I'm so obviously excited is because I really think that with God's help only, we can do it. But if, if we, the people, don't get this stuff and don't understand how it works, uh, we're sunk. We're going we're gonna to drift you know, in the direction of, of France and, and the, you know, the Western Europe, which is effectively socialist and big government and more rules than you can even dream of. That's not the American way. But we will go in that direction unless those of us who care uh, you know, really get serious about it. So I am obviously excited because I think that it's kind of a gift from God that, that we ever had this in the first place, that we don't deserve to be free. We kind of act like it's normal. It's not normal. And for the sake of those in the rest of the world who are looking to us, we need to hold the torch high, and we, it needs to burn brightly. I, I so agree. And I think one of the things, Eric, that, that, that you articulate so well is um, that, it, that it's uncommon. Uh, we just assume that it's common, and that's kind of the way of those who have a heritage and birthright to something, right? If you, you're you born right. into wealth, you consider it to be the norm. If you're born into um, you know, a, a, a higher educational realm where your parents have great educations and your grandparents, you just assume that you will also have that same educational background. That's it. And for other people, it's it's abnormal. They see it as something that is, is you know, honorable and, and admirable, and they would like to attain it, but it's not their birthright. And so as Americans, birthright is our freedom. But it is a two. It's 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 two things that can't be separated from each other. When you when you talk about virtue, um, if we don't really believe in God, if we have no moral foundation, then it doesn't make sense to do the right thing all the time. It, it's not something that you need to strive but, for. But Sometimes think, you think can about be... the fact that there there no, are no. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm no. sorry. There are no cultural elites, right? The people on the left, the globalists, the cultural elites, they don't believe in this at all. In fact, they sneer at it. I mean, when I went to Yale University, it was the first time I bumped into people who sneer at patriotism. I was raised in an immigrant working class home. My parents came from countries that did not have these freedoms. When they passed the Statue of Liberty in the boat, they got lumps in their throat. They understood this is real. This is beautiful. This is a land of opportunity. Our cultural elites sneer at virtue and honor and these kinds of things that the founders said Unless you have these things, I mean, every one of the founders, I'm not talking about some Christian founders, I mean, every one of them, Benjamin Franklin, Jefferson, every single one understood that without faith and virtue, this cannot work. Uh, I was just looking at a, a Frank Capra, who made all these beautifully patriotic films. He was on a ship from Italy. He was five years old. And his father pointed out the Statue of Liberty as they came to New York Harbor, and he says, look at that. He goes, other than the Star of Bethlehem, that's the greatest light in the history of the world. That's freedom. If you come from the other side where you don't have freedom, you're much more inclined to understand how crazy and beautiful it is. And I really think we, the people in America, we have to reawaken uh, ourselves to what we have had, what a gift it is. And by the way, it's not for us. It's for the whole world. In other words, we are, we've been given the privilege of stewarding freedom so that the people in the gulag in Russia, when they hear 
uh, Ronald Reagan say, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Their hearts leap because we have been the standard. We have held up the standard of freedom. And I, I honestly think that, you know, I wrote about it in my new book, which is my sort of memoir of growing up, but how my parents, you know, raised me to know that communism is evil, that it's godless, that it oppresses its people. My mother was in East Germany. And so I really kind of understood this in a way that's different from people whose families have been here. And so sometimes you have the ability to see something that others don't see, and you want to tell everybody what it is and how beautiful it is. And I think things have to get bad as they've been getting bad for people to wake up. When you have a pseudo-administration uh, you know, run by effectively cultural Marxists and anti-Americans in leadership, things get so bad that you, people finally say, okay, I think I get it now. I think I see what happens if you give the baton to those people or if they steal the baton. I see how radically different it is from somebody who loves the country and wants America to, to, to be better. It's really, it's a radical thing and it's a, it's, it's a harsh lesson, but I think we're going through it right now. And so people want to wake up and they want to tell other people, uh, you know, what is, what is the truth? We've, it, it finally got so bad that people are excited to do something. And excited to learn a little bit more. And when you were talking about if you can keep it, um, and and that that story that was related in the diary, um, in your book Seven Men, when you covered uh, George Washington, there was a moment when his army they wanted to crown him king. They wanted him because he, oh, was, yeah. he was such an excellent general. He he saved their lives. Yeah. He led them. He inspired them. And he was a godly man. And he refused. He he didn't even want to be president. So it, that's a, a kind of amazing, amazing connection. Yeah. Yeah. How, how incredibly, I mean, this is part of the story, Stacey, is that you, every American needs to understand what George Washington did. When you understand what he did, what he gave up, who he was in his heart, it is so moving that you're, you're, you're embarrassed that you did not think of him every day as the father of the country, as a man who did something so noble and beautiful, we would not be here without him. Like, Every American school kid needs to learn this stuff. We've not been teaching this, certainly not in the public schools. You need to know your history. And when we know our history, it, it makes us behave totally differently. When you know that people have died so that you can have this stuff, you can't just saunter through life. You, 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 you know that you have something that you need to do. You need to give back. But it comes naturally when you, when you know this stuff. And so, you know, I've read, written about this stuff in all my books, but if you can keep it is the one that I, I mean – Honestly, I wish I could give that book to every uh, high school kid in America. It, it, I, it would change the country. I mean, it would, I know that it would, not because I wrote it, but because these are the founding ideas. And if you put it in a way that's readable and understandable, everybody gets it. It's not, you know, calculus. It's basic stuff, but we have not been teaching it. And once they get it, they're different people, changed and with a purpose and, and actually aware of the birthright and heritage that comes with being an American, which so many people envy and desperately want for themselves. Billions of people, in fact, um, including millions of people, 42 million people to the south of our country who are clamoring to get in Amen. because of the the lack of, of adherence to the rule of law. And so, you know, we, we, we need more books from you. I hope you are planning something new for us. I hope seven more women is still <laughs> still coming. We're, I'm, we're waiting. I'm, oh, it is. Look, I'm going to make it happen. Oh, you know, e e even if publishers don't want to take a risk, I, I, I want to, I mean, look, all of my books, I, I really believe 
that these ideas are central. These are not just things I think, hey, this would be fun to write about. I feel like this stuff is important. God's given me a gift as a writer, and I want to use it for God's purposes and for, the, for, for this country, because this country has been a beacon of freedom, uh, of faith uh, around the world. I mean, these are things that everybody needs to know this, and we want to spread this around the world. I wish the whole world could be free the way we've been free, and I really think that's God's ultimate plan, but it has to start here. We have to hold it, hold it high, and it has to burn brightly. It's not been burning brightly, but people are beginning to wake up. We have to respect your time and take you up on your offer to come on and talk about books. We will reach back out and try a- anytime, to set that up. Anytime, Stacey, um, anytime. I'm so take glad me up that on we it. We'll do talk. it. So I'm going to be a rock star when I see my girlfriends next week because I've now chatted with you. I, you and I have chatted. <laughs> like, this is a thing for me. I'm ch- checking this off my box. The kids are going to be like, you what now? I'm like, yes. I Because I've made them read a couple of your books over the oh. summer when we have our list. And um, we have so you. enjoyed them. Oh, so I, I, I agree with you that you have a a gift that God has given you for storytelling and writing. And I just wish you the best of health and blessings on that work that you'll continue to do it so that the rest of us can continue to read it. I will definitely add the link in here to the faith and freedom coalition for the conference for anyone who might be near or can, and can make it. The link will be in the show notes uh, for tonight's program. Eric Metaxas, prolific author, and now friend of the Stacy on the right show. Thank you for coming on today. Wow. That was such an honor for me uh, to get to interview him. It's also a bit of an honor for me to get to share with you. We're actually now using the Alliance for Shared Health for our health insurance needs. We're using the health sharing model. It gives us an opportunity to have our values reflected in the money that we spend on health insurance. You can find out more at the link at stacyontheright.com or familyvisionmedia.org. It's a health share ministry. Over 40,000 households participate. It, It satisfies the mandate for the Affordable Care Act that you have to have some form of insurance. You can access the virtual care provider at zero cost. There's a share prescription card. You can order lab and imaging tests. Those tests are discounted up to 80%. And open enrollment is now. You don't want to miss out on this chance to save 50 to 70% on monthly premiums while making a difference in the lives of others who share your values. So reach out to Ash today. Head over to StaceyOnTheRight.com. Click the banner ad and sign up at StaceyOnTheRight.com. Click the banner ad there and you can start sharing and saving today. The Alliance for Shared Health. Changing healthcare and changing lives. We'll have more Stacy on the right for you. Enjoy the day. interested in a career with meaning and purpose? As a thriving financial advisor, you can combine your values, drive, and skills to create a rewarding career helping others to reach their financial goals. At Thrivent, you'll have the opportunity and the support of a Fortune 500 company backed by a 100-year legacy. To explore what it means to do that work that matters, email David Sample at Thrivent.com or visit Thrivent.com careers. That's Thrivent.com slash careers.